This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me today is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. And we are enjoying, have enjoyed, a wonderful meal courtesy of Marco. 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 From, from Canada, I believe. Uh, the French, question mark French in her Canada. voice was because uh, it was hard to read your signature, Marco. Yeah. But I think it's Marco. Yeah. Uh, who you, sent us a uh, P.F. Chang gift card. Yes. So we came here. And, and what we like to do is set up the recorder in the restaurant. Right. And then we get weird looks. To make it, the editing as hard as possible. Right. But, but it's, you get this it's fun for you guys. Wonderful ambiance. The listeners. But it's and you get to so listen to us eat cake. Yeah, we're eating cake and drinking coffee. It's the end of the meal. And uh, we will be talking about Nagewaza. Nagewaza. Throwing. Throwing. And Throwing what, it, what it means. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are all excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> here. So, it, it occurred. Maya's been drinking. Yeah, That's apparently. Not true. It's true. It I had one glass. It occurred to me. Um, you know, a lot of people think. I believe that a lot of people think uh, throwing is central to Aikido, and it, at least if you watch um, any sort of demonstrations or Aikido video, I mean, that's one of the main things that's happening, right, is people are getting thrown all over the place, and it's this really beautiful, awesome thing. And yet, I feel like maybe people don't really understand what is going on with uh, Nagewaza, what exactly you are trying or attempting to do, um, and how may even maybe how it works, you know. So obviously there's an uh, unbalancing that happens, right? That's the where the throw comes in. But I don't know if people are quite sure, because I, I don't think maybe I was quite sure for a long time how that unbalancing is happening and, w and what really the sort of uh, how that plays out. Um, or how it might play out in a situation that isn't um, cooperative on the mat. Well, first off, how, I mean, does Nagewaza, like, directly mean throwing technique? Is that, like, the direct translation? Sure, closely. Okay. Um, yeah, do you have a follow-up question? Yeah, yeah, and then my follow-up question sure. would be, what do, what are the throwing, what are the Nagewaza that we're talking about today? Today. Well, you know, I mean, I think different different dojos have different definitions or include different so things. I think I personally translate nage as projection. I think that's a better translation. Um, it, they're the same thing, though, really. You know, like, when we hear the word throw for, for what is happening, uh, we tend to, for some reason, think that we're going to throw someone down onto the ground. Like, that's what that means. Now, if I say, throw me your keys... No one throws the keys down on onto the ground, the ground in front of my feet or something, you know? Like, so for some reason, we believe that throwing means sending something down into the ground. And, um, uh, like, and that, that is true. In relation to martial arts. Yeah, yeah. in relation yeah. to martial arts. Um, and so, like, and I, th I think that comes from judo because that's how you score points. Right, right. You throw um, people, toss so, them over so, your shoulder. So throw means projection of some sort, to make something go away from you, right? And that's what it means in English, too, um, uh, to make something go away from you. But... 
the throws in Aikido, there's, you know, some orthodox throws, which most all systems have, which are Kokinage, Kaitenage, Jujinage, Shionage, Iriminage, uh, Koshinage, Kaitenage, um, Kodagaish. Kodagaish. Um, so those are the, those are like the core throws that we have in Aikido. So, let's talk a little bit about how these things happen. And specifically, maybe let's talk about some about high falls and sort of what that whole thing is, um, and how that it maybe is not what people think it is. Okay, I think we got a lot going on at once right now. All right, um, which is the way I like it. All right, so I remember reading uh, this newspaper clip. I think it was from 1926. It was when um, the Kodokan guys had come over from Japan and they had given a demonstration in some college and uh, the paper was talking about how these two guys threw full-size men across the the gym and i think that you know that's a newspaper snippet but a lot of people read it i think that kind of captured our imagination and gave us this idea that martial arts can make you do superhuman things because if you think about taking a grown-up person and throwing them across a room it's like whoa that's impressive that's amazing right and a lot of times when you hear about aikido that's the thing you know i remember hearing Gary Busey talking about uh, uh, Steven Seagal on the set of uh, whatever, Under Siege. Uh-huh. And he was like, he just touched me and then suddenly I was thrown across the room or whatever, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people have in mind or, or envision or just it exists in, in the whole Aikido sort of um, fantasy world thing that we exist in. It seems like some superhero shit or something. Yeah. For sure. Um, and so I think people really like that idea. Uh, but when you get into the nitty-gritty of martial arts, you start realizing really quickly that throws all happen from some kind of imbalancing, unbalancing. Um, so someone becomes unbalanced, which means they're no longer stable. And then you use that opportunity to move them away from you. Because if they're stable, it's hard to do that, right? So it would require some kind of Herculean strength, like some kind of amazing amount of strength. Right. Um, but martial art throws don't do that. Generally, martial art throws require the balance to be taken somehow. And then during that moment of imbalance, they either block your legs to keep you from stepping um, or load you up in a way on their body that you can fall easily or just move out of the way so you fall down on your own. Um, and that's basically what happens in, in throws. And that's, I think, what you see in Aikido throws. Um, and a lot of it's like based on timing, you know, from what I have seen and felt, you know, it's based on me doing a particular thing, and I think relating back to last week um, and the the distancing and the types of attacks. I, uh, as in, okay, you are off balance because of the way you are choosing to attack, and in that unbalance, in that motion, that unbalancing, there are throws that can be taken. And I'm thinking, I mean, there's, um, yeah, anyway. But I think they come off differently than people assume. Like, I think people think, oh, you, you're picking them up and throwing them over your, you know, and that's not really the case. It's you're I mean, moving into a position where they can't, where they don't have balance, right? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, a lot of, a lot of things a lot of points we can make here. Um, 
all throws probably require some kind of timing, no matter what. Uh, and that's because there's only going to be a small window of opportunity while the person's unbalanced because in conflict, they're going to try to regain their balance as quickly as possible. So you have to do something to unbalance them or in some way they have to become unbalanced. And then during that brief moment, you have to take advantage of that opportunity and apply force to them in some way or set it up in some way that they'll fall or fly away from you. Um, so all, t all martial arts kind of require some timing in that. Um, but if you look at something like judo, judo throws from the clinch. Uh, I was going to say generally from the clinch, but I think always from the clinch. I mean, all the judo throws I can think of have a, a corresponding uh, kazushi to set up the throw and then an ideal timing to make the throw happen. Um, and that's why you can have these big, beautiful throws that look effortless because they essentially are effortless um, because the, the person doesn't need a lot of physical strength. They just need the timing and the understanding of how to make kazushi. Um, Aikido, I personally feel like, um, uses a different method to create the kazushi, which is uh, a, a distancing. And the distancing comes from their desire to get me and my desire to put myself in a position that's hard to get. And then by doing this, if they push into that distance, they will inherently become unbalanced. And when they do that, then uh, they get through. through or that's our moment. That's our moment, right. Yeah. And that can happen. And I think maybe part of this is... Uh, again, in, in the training, you do a throw from a grab. Um, people think that you have to get grabbed first. You have to get grabbed first. But re realistically, that throw is not necessarily happening from the grab. The, it's happening from the flow that comes from the person wanting to make the grab. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, in essence, throws kind of always work that way um like you know a good trip comes off like a tripping someone you know um comes off because you uh, are creating a situation where someone wants to step someplace to keep from losing their balance and then you block that step um and so then they can't do what they want to do and, and their mind still wants to complete that action and they end up falling because of that in aikido what happens is you know we would never be able to throw someone in aikido if they didn't push into the distance to get us so uh uh, personally, I think, you know, Aikido throws are, are the lowest amperage, lowest things we do, because they really require the other person to push into that distance to get us. So, so throws kind of require us to trick their unconscious mind into doing what it thinks it should do. Like, in the sense of, like, you make someone step somewhere and to, in order to keep their balance. Um, and, you know, they, their body just wants to do it even without thinking. You know, and, and or in Aikido, you're creating such a distance that in order to overcome it, to continue to attack you, they have to lunge in a ridiculous way that maybe someone really thinking about it will go, well, why would you do that? Right. But because they're such, they're so in the moment and they're so dedicated to attacking you because they're an attacker, they they do it. They just lunge and they don't think about it. Well, and and they lose all, their balance. And, and if you watch any, like, Aikido demonstrations and you w look at the uke, all of the falls come, I mean, they, they put themselves in precarious situations right. all of the time. Right. I mean, that's just, right. um, and, you know, and, and, and I think part, this is part of the reason why people say, like, um, Aikido wouldn't, doesn't work is because they see that and they're like, no one's ever going to do that. And you actually right. see that a lot of times in training where people um, go to a certain point and then they realize, oh, I'm going to fall over, and they freeze up. And then they take a bad fall or some kind of craziness happens. Um, 
And you know, in, in a realistic situation, that's fine because that moment that they get to the point and they freeze up, you are now free of their intent to come get you, right? right. Because they are um, now like, ah, I don't want to fall. So you've created space or whatever you need to do to get right. to get away. I mean, I think that's that's the kind of the point that Chris is making earlier with the it being a projection, like thinking about it instead as an, a projection and not as a throw, because the idea is just to create a little bit of space or time, however you want to think about it, you know. And so whether that projection ends up being them falling flat on their ass or them going, oh shit, I don't want to fall flat on my ass, so I have to catch myself in some weird way or I have to bend in some position to stay up, that gives you a moment to break free or hit them with the knife or whatever it is that you're doing. I think, you know, this idea of, of throwing being to make someone smash into the ground is um, a, a sporting idea. Um, because it, on the battlefield, I want to use my primary weapon, whatever my primary weapon is, right? So uh, if I have a sword, I want to cut him. If I have a spear, I want to stab him, whatever. So if someone is, is coming to get me, physically to get me, to stop me from using my weapon, I would use a throw to move them away from me for a split second so they can then stab them or right, cut them right, or whatever right, my right. primary weapon yeah, does. That's get, what I want to yeah. do. Um, so to regain it, distance. Right. So I, yeah, I, I'm not time. reliant upon some kind of fantastic throw to get someone to hit the ground. Now, fantastic throws are impressive. And we could argue that, you know, um, when you hit the ground, uh, all that could do a lot of damage to someone. You know, one of my teachers likes to say, the ground never misses, uh, which I think is, a, is, yeah, a, yeah, is yeah, an yeah, awesome yeah. thing yeah. to say. That's it's good, it's yeah. an awesome comment, right? But the, but the truth is, it generally takes a lot of time to set up a throw if right, a throw right. is your intention. So the cost to, to setting it up versus the reward you get out of it is pretty minimal, minimal. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so if someone has any inkling as to how to fall, you're, you're – unlikely to severely damage them in that throw. Um, and not that big throws can't come off and hurt people, and especially if people don't know how to fall. They can put their arm down and hurt themselves in lots of ways. There's lots of potential to get hurt in a throw. Um, but it's not going to be as high a percentage as stabbing someone right. uh, or cutting their arm off, right? Th this is going to be a much higher percentage thing. So if you look at a battlefield application, the idea of a throw is simply to move someone away from me long enough that I can then again use my weapon. Now, when you are looking at a sport application, this is not the idea at all right. because we're not using weapons. So the biggest, prettiest, fanciest, most powerful-looking throw is the throw that scores points. And so that's what we want to do in sport competition. Um, so, like, I think this is part of the problem is we've mixed up what's sport and what's not sport. And in Aikido, the, the goal is not to stab them, although it could be if, you know, you're in a life-or-death situation right, right. and you want to look at it as a true self-defense system, then, then that's what it's doing. But um, in Aikido, the goal is just to not have that person get you. So if they come in in a way that could get you and you can throw them, i.e. just project them right. away from you, it doesn't have to be big and fancy. They don't have to fly through the air. They don't have to smash to the ground. They just have to take a couple steps away from you so they can't grab you anymore. Then that's a useful technique. Like that's what we would use in Aikido. That's an, a useful thing. And I think you see this. Uh, so Koshinage, I, I see this a lot. You know, Koshinage is a, a kind of hard one for a lot of people uh, to take ukemi for. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to get loaded up and blah, blah, blah. Koshinage um, is a big hip toss. But you, it doesn't have to come off as this giant hip toss. And if you set it up, if you're not thinking about, like, I have to load them up and smash them down on their face, you can actually just push their hips out of the way in a way that, that doesn't allow them to 
sort of, you know, sag their butt or whatever to, to stop it. They you barely know spend I, any time on you at all if, right. it's, um, if it's happening very in right. a live kind of way. Um, and, and I think, so I think that's one of the, that, that is something that comes out of this as well as like that idea of ukemi and what the uke should be doing. And I think people see Aikido demonstrations or techniques being done and they think like, oh, well, that's what I need to do. Um, on both sides, and I think, you know, on the Ukimi side, you're looking at, like, high, high level. You're looking at someone who, like, in an actual situation would be adapting, like, a million times in that situation in ways that most people probably wouldn't, right? But because it's, uh, for demonstration purposes, we can set it up. And on the flip side, you know, you're seeing the the end of the end result of that. Does that make sense? Like, so when we see the demonstration of it, that's not really. It's a demonstration. It's really a, a warped view yeah. yes. of what this thing yes. is on both sides. Yes. And you know, when you see demonstrations of anything, you're seeing a warped view. Um, you know, if you see a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu demonstration, they're not rolling. You're seeing really clean, beautiful technique. Um, when you're seeing two people of the same skill level role, as someone who does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can watch it and go, wow, that's beautiful technique. But people who don't, don't understand what they're seeing, and they're like, oh, those two guys just wrestling around. You're like, yeah, but they're super great at it. And most people who don't know Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can't tell the difference. Right. And I think, so I, but, but, so I think that's a little bit of a problem with people try understanding what's happening, you know, um, and, and not realizing that, like, yeah, most people aren't, don't understand awesome ukimi. So they're not going to do that thing that that you're setting up and it's not going to come off, you know, with them doing this beautiful right. And and that's another point you you brought this up at the beginning. Um, you know, a high fall is not what most people think, right? So ukikaiten the the floating roll, so they fly over in the air. Uh, you know, most people who haven't done aikido think that that's happening because the nage is so powerful that that person's doing a flip in the air. <laughs> But the truth is, the throw's being done in such a way that if the person doesn't turn over in the air, they're going to smash down on their shoulder or head. So they're doing that to preserve themselves, not because the throw was so powerful, right? So the high fall is a representation of a, a good way to take a bad fall and not um, some super powerful technique that's being done. Right. And I think that's important. That's an important in what I was trying to make the, sta the, the point before. It's like... Um, a high fall is like a, a the representation of like the best attacker that you're going to see when you go to throw them and they realize it's happening and, right, and can right. adjust on the fly. Right. Um, as opposed to someone who probably is the minute you go to throw them is going to stiffen up or do something. You know. I had a I had a long talk with some uh, some of the students who were below black belt and we were talking about. Um, the application of technique versus what Aikido is trying to get done. You know, so when you hear what Aikido is, when, when Aikido people tell you what Aikido is, uh, generally they're saying stuff like, you know, we use their force against them, um, I, I don't attack them, um, it's defensive only, uh, my goal is not to hurt my attacker. These are the kinds of things you hear, and that's the truth. Then when you start to do Aikido, you see these techniques, and you begin to think that the application of the technique is what you're trying to do. 
the application of the technique is not what you're trying to do. What you're trying to do is those original statements, right? Like, I'm trying to defend myself in a bad situation where there's more attackers, where they're stronger, where they're bigger, where they're armed, all these things. That's the kind of situation I'm trying to defend myself in. So applying the technique isn't my goal. Now, be, doing a technique might be it done in order to achieve my goal, but doing the technique is not my goal. So when people see Nagewaza, they start immediately thinking, oh, my goal is to do the throw. That's not your goal. It doesn't matter. It, you know, in, in a self-defense situation, no one's there to award you points and go, good throw, you know, good job. If you can do something that enables you to escape or uh, not hurt someone or use their force against them, all the things we talk about in Aikido, then that's a successful throw. Whether they land on their head or they don't fall at all or whatever, if that helps you achieve your goal, then, then that's, that's what it should be. And so I think, unfortunately, people get obsessed with trying to do the fancy thing instead of adhere to our originally stated goals. Yeah. And, you know, the, the truth about it is if you do adhere to those, those goals and both people, the uh, Naga and Uke, are, are really uh, being truthful to those, the, the throws can come off uh, the way they're supposed to. And they do feel crazy and sort of magical. You know, if you've ever been thrown with a really good like Kokunage, um, it's sort of like what just happened, you know? Like, totally. You, I was standing and then I wasn't, you know? Right. And I think we've and all, that's the a, lot of, throws a lot of people sh uh, have probably had that, you know, where I'm coming in and then suddenly I'm on the ground. But the reason that it feels like that isn't because the person was just amazingly strong or they forced you into it. It's because they found the right moment where right. They saw what you were doing and said, oh, you know what would fit with that perfectly? This. And they just moved to it. And they moved through the... Moved. They yeah. moved through the imbalance. Right, exactly. Instead of forcing something that they were like, you know what, no matter what, I'm doing this. It's what would fit here? Oh, that would be perfect. Here we go. Right. You know? Yeah. Aikido is the martial art of fitting energies. You know what I mean? It's explicitly said in the name. We're going to try and fit ourselves with what they're doing. We're going to make this situation work out. Um, so it's not the martial art of forcing people to do something. It's the martial art of fitting with someone else. I.e., I understand the kind of attack you're going to make, and I put myself in a position that's difficult for you to make that attack. Now, if you force that attack, if you do something that will compromise the integrity of your posture, then you can get to me, but there will also be a throw waiting right. for you, right? So all the, the throws we have in Aikido are built on that idea that I'm just going to position myself where you would have to be nuts to attack me like that. Now, in a situation like sport where my job is to throw you and your job is to throw me, that won't work out because I'll never score points. I'll always be running away from you, and you'll be trying to score, and the referees will look at that, and they'll go, well, you're running away. You lose. But in real life, if I run away and you can't throw me, then that's great. And if you go nuts and try and attack me in a crazy, frantic attack, then you'll be thrown because that's right. the kind of situations we train to throw from. Well, and I think, like, it gets real muddled when we're training because it's training, and so we're training the things that we wouldn't want to have to do in real life. You know, we don't want to have to do a throw. We want to be able to get away and not have to engage with that person that's trying to freaking attack us. But if it gets to that point, we want to be able to handle that situation were it to happen. And so we have to put ourselves into positions where, you know, I want to work on my kokunage today, right? right? I want to be able to, um, you know, do a better ikkyo or whatever the fuck it is, you know? Um, but I think especially when we're doing whatever 
practices that aren't just kihon, whether it's, you know, some kind of jiwaza or whatever, where we're starting to kind of do different techniques and, and whatever's coming up, like, it's easy to plan, okay, he's coming for me, I'm going to kokunage right, you I'm know, gonna, before yeah. he comes. And it's like, we want to try to avoid that as much as possible because it, it, it ruins that whole fitting with what's right. happening. I feel like it's different, though, like, definitely as someone that's trying to work on different parts that are less strong than others in my practice, like, you can look for certain techniques and go, when this comes up, I'm going to try and take advantage of it more because I haven't in the past, you know? Yeah. And that's a way to be able to train those things that are that we're working on without just saying, no matter what, I'm going to do this because I need to work on it. You know, instead going, I, I hope I can see this situation right. and take advantage of it when it comes up. I and it's a, I think it's an important differentiation. Yeah. Like, you know? I always feel like with the throws, um, as the nage... It doesn't feel like I'm doing anything other than setting my structure. Right. And they are wrapping themselves around that in such a way that, I mean, that's right. it, That's really what it feels like to me. Right. It's like um, what I am here and stable and nice, and because they are wanting to get me in a specific way, they just sort of contort themselves around that, and that's where the throw comes out. Right. You that's know. exactly right. Um, and like so that. to me... It's like I'm just moving. It's like I'm walking or it's like I'm whatever. There's no – there's not anything big happening, right? It's just I'm stepping to the left or right. And because, uh, you know, of, the, of their intention toward me, there's that unbalance that I'm just sort of stepping through. Um, I think, you know, when we do Giawaza um, – there's a great thing about Jiawaza, and Jiawaza, I'm saying, a spontaneous practice where someone's coming in uh, in, a, in an Aikido-y training way to help you spontaneously understand what techniques you can apply in what situation, right? And I distinguish this from Rondori. Rondori is where someone's actually trying to get you. Jiawaza, someone's not really trying to get you. They're providing opportunities for you to throw them or whatever uh, to them. Um, so so Jiawaza does a nice thing in that it kind of shows us how it should look and what should happen, but it does a disservice in the fact that because uke is going to fall basically no matter what you do, you're not actually training that live moment where someone makes that lunge towards right, right. you. Um, and so I think this this messes with the practice in lots and lots of ways, and you get people upset because ukes aren't taking the right ukemi, and all kinds of things happen because it inherently won't have that right moment unless the uke wants to make it. Right, right, right. Um, then when you get to Rondori, if you're doing what you're supposed to do in Rondori, that moment will naturally arise. And when you first start doing Rondori, you won't know how to take advantage of it because it will be startling. The right. first time someone lunges at you, you'll get lunged at, and they'll probably knock you over or grab you or whatever. But the more you train that situation, the more you'll start to understand, oh, when they move in in this way, I can move like this. And then slowly it will dawn on you that they're all the Aikido techniques you've been trained to do, but you're now seeing them in a new situation that you never understood them in before. So... Um I know Chris's answer to this probably, but do you have uh, if a favorite like throw that that you do, and maybe not even let's say favorite, but one that you think that works Steel for you? Steel chocolate cake nugget. <laughs> He's eating my chocolate He's, yeah. cake right now. Um, because you know I I feel like there are techniques that just sort of pop up for people, and that you know body shocks or whatever, but 
Is there a, te a, a throw that you appreciate or that you find yourself doing more than others? Talking to you. Oh, me? Well, yeah, I know right Chris's answer. See, Chris, oh, okay. Chris will go like, I, I thought you were asking no. Chris. <laughs> like, um, let me think about that. I know which one I don't like because I'm working on it. I, I feel like my kokunage is just not where I want it to be. Um, what is it about kokunage yeah, that you the, think sucks? Yeah, what's the problem? Um, I mean, it's, you know, I think it's okay. I don't think it's, I don't think Kokunage sucks. Right, I think I my yeah, Kokunage right, right, right. sucks. Yeah, why? It, it's not working for you, whatever. Um, I mean, I think for starters, like, I don't, I have a hard time finding the right moment for it. So I feel like I don't apply it at the right moment, so it never comes off like I want it to in, right. a, in, a, in a, a true kind of natural moment. Right. And then when I'm practicing it, Kihon, I also feel like it feels false because it's Kihon that I'm like, I'm trying really hard to take their balance. And so it's like, it, I'm smaller than most people. So like, I feel like it like, I don't know, there's, there's something that feels kind of like Should false. Should be helpful to you. Right. I guess, yeah, I don't know. So some, some quick clarification. Yeah. Um, what we call kokinage in our school is where your leg steps behind them and your upper body goes in front of them and you kind of scissor them in half and they, they fly over your leg, hip, essentially. Um, yeah. Different schools call it different things. Um, so I think the things you're saying are, are, are really true problems that a lot of people have with kokinage. In a live situation, I would say you probably don't realize what your kokunage is, meaning that you picture it like you picture a kihon technique, yeah. where you picture them flying over your hip. And and that does happen. I mean, I get it fairly often when we do kaishiwaza or something. Um, but it doesn't happen all the time. Like, a kokunage is, is, I think, aptly named kokunage because it's done very naturally, in a very natural fashion. Yeah. And it doesn't really require a lot of special kazushi. It just requires you stepping into that position. And because where your body's positioned, you'll naturally unbalance them by stepping in there. And then if you just turn at the right moment, they'll fall or fly or step. Any of those things are acceptable in Rondori. Um, in the, the Kion technique, it's really dependent upon the kind of uke you have. Yeah. So, you know, if you get an uke who really wants to high fall for everything and they fly and you're like, I didn't do anything and you flew, um, there's really nothing you can do about that. Uh, and the other side of that is the guy who every time you try to kokinage squats down as low as they can, so it's impossible to throw them, which, of course, yeah. the answer in a live situation would be change techniques. Uh, but in a uh, kihon class doing kokinage, you can't do that. What you ideally want is to slide your hips just south of there, so just below their hips. And then when you make that diving in movement, they'll become unbalanced, and there's no way to miss that. And so then that's where they're going to want to step. If you can capture that moment, they'll fall, you know. So that's the that's the essence of it, you know. Yeah. And if you practice it like that in Kihon and then look for it that way in, in Rondori and Kaishiwaza, then then you'll find yourself doing it more. Yeah. Kokinag is probably the technique I got good at first. It was the first one that, like, kind of came off for me, both Kihon and uh, uh, in Rondori. I feel like Kokunage, of all of the techniques, like, from a teaching perspective, is the hardest to teach and maybe the hardest for people to grasp, you know? Like, I understand, and and, and I do mean that in hardest to teach and, and hardest for others to grasp because it's like I can look at somebody and go, like, ah, I, I see what you're doing there. Um, I haven't really figured out a ways to explain to them what those things are. Um, and, and I try to say things, but then 
you know, I see people doing the tangy. I'm like, ah, I didn't explain that well enough. Um, I, I feel like I have a really love-hate relationship with it because I love taking a chemi for it. Yeah. I think it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah, it's you fun. Yeah. It's right fun. I think it's really fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I admire when other people do it well. I, I Like I said, I, I think it's fun taking the ukemi, and, and I, I'm also like, oh, that was done really well. And, I, like, I, I, f- I felt that, you know. Um, it felt effortless. Um, but I also, like I said, it, it it's so simple, yet I find it difficult to get it exactly kind of the way, like, as effortless as right. it feels taking the ukemi as the nage. I feel like it, I, I find it hard to, like, make it come off in such a way that I'm just like, well, hell yeah. Right. And, and feeling still balanced as I come right, out of it, right. which is something that's important. Absolutely is that key, you're 100% key. Still balanced when you come out of it, and I feel like a good portion of the time I don't feel that way. I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but it seems like I remember at some point reading uh, something about Mochizuki adding Tsutemiwaza to Aikido, which is um, sacrifice throws. So you see those a lot in judo where um, I throw myself down in order to pull you with uh-huh. me so you'll fall too. Um, and I... I I remember hearing something about Yoshiba not liking that or saying that wasn't Aikido, you know? I, I don't know if this is true, so so don't quote me on that. But this is a memory I have. Send, it, sure send us your email, mad email. Right, yeah. Oh, that's wrong. Anyways, but um, but my thoughts on that are, are really simple, which is if you're looking at a sports situation, Tsutemiwaza is a very reasonable way um, to get someone down to score some points. Absolutely. Um, and if you're in a situation where you're willing to sacrifice your life so everyone else in the, in the squad or right, whatever right. can get on top of that guy and get him, that's also reasonable. But if you're in a self-defense situation where preserving your own life is essential, your ability to move is key. Right, right. So throwing yourself down to throw someone else down is a really bad idea, you know? And so that, um, you know, not forcing the unbalancing because when you force the unbalancing, you yourself will right. become unbalanced, in my opinion, is a key to, uh, or it's, it's something we should never do in Aikido throws, right? So, so what you're saying, you know, is, you feel like it's hard to do your kokyunage and not unbalance yourself, that's a good worry, in my opinion. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, and make sure you're always stable when you finish your kokyunage. To me, when you throw any throw in Aikido, you should be stable enough that if they hold on to you, you don't you come don't toppling fall, right, down. Right, and, you, and it should be in a position where you can um, move from there also. Right, you know, absolutely. Right, and that's uh, the other thing. Drop a like knee onto their you know ribs or right. whatever. I mean, you're or you flee from the next guy coming in to run, murder you. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is I feel like a lot of the times, like, the kind of position that I have to like extend to to do to the kokunage is like I don't I don't feel like I'm able to get in close enough to really feel like I could move after I do it, even if I am balanced. Is there um, a, a particular one that feels like a setup that feels better? Because I know for a lot of people, like uh, I feel like morotedori kokunage, people have a hard time with. Compared it's to, one of the throws in you know, compared to Gyakute or, or you know, um, some it's of the other throws, easier, yeah. right, I mean, some of the throws, I think, set up easier from certain attacks, and I, I think, think that, that, Rio, that Riote one isn't really, isn't bad, like, I feel like it, you're, oh, right, you're right, fairly right. close there, so there, I, I like that one out of all of them, it's not horrible to me. <laughs> uh, really, you know, so... What you, what you want to look at, regardless of how it starts, is um, the key position before the throw, which is to be tight to the hips, right next to them, side by side. Um, if you notice in Kaishiwaza, when we're grappling over a knife, that position happens constantly, it's constantly. True. And that's probably why it's such a core throw for Aikido, because in that situation, which is contextually very relevant to us, 
um, that throw will set up a lot. I've noticed it a couple of times when we've done knife stuff in our self-defense class, and that's the other thing is I don't feel like I can find the right timing for Like, I feel it, and I'm like, ooh, there's, there's something here. My hips are next to theirs. Like, I could potentially do this, but I just, like, it's not, it hasn't come off yet right. in the right kind of timing where I can, like, take their balance when they're not paying attention to If that. you're starting to think like that, it's probably not far away. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of, you know, uh, I remember always looking for techniques, and, like, at first it's like, how would you ever do that? And then it's like, oh, I think it's there. And then it's like, oh, I almost set it up. And then, oh, I set it up, but I yeah. didn't throw them. And then, oh, now I'm throwing them with it. You know, like, yeah. there's pretty constant progression. So if you're already feeling like right. that, it's probably not that far I away. I think, and then, yeah, once you get it in a situation like that once, then you'll just, you can return to it kind of when you I need. think that's the, the arc of pulling something into your um, uh, into your toolkit of techniques that you actually use right. when you're doing whatever it is you're doing, whether it's, you know, rolling or whatever. It's funny. Maybe we're kind of veering off topic here. But, <laughs> it, but like, uh, honestly, I use Kokinage and Ikkyo all the time. Yeah. And, you know, they're, like, iconic Aikido techniques. Like, they're the Aikido techniques we're supposed to use all the time. And I feel like it's also – they're also techniques that people are like, how the hell would you ever do right, those right. techniques? And it's but it's like because they're not seeing them in the right context. Like, I use Ikkyo – Right. Multiple times every kaishuaz I do. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, always end up in like Sankyo, like yeah. that Sankyo, like that Uchi, like inside it's turn. Short, it's easy to set up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kokunage uh, a lot, actually. Um, yeah. I feel like Kodagaish comes up a lot for me for whatever reason, and Nikyo a lot. Kodagaish is a disarm, it's unbelievably common. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, and I mean, that's a good one, too, because I think that people don't understand that as a throw, 100%, like, at all, you know. And the throw is that, like, they're, they're not letting go, you know. Yep. It, it's not like that, you know, Ooh, you're awesome. Hurts, hurts so no, bad that it's, I'm that, fall. it's that you tried to rip something out of their hand and they didn't let go. And, and they're falling. And they you know, and so that's one of those that I think people just maybe don't get. Speaking um, of that. Because it is weird. Um, if you're just like, well, yeah. I'm twisting you. Why am I twisting? You know. I think another interesting one is Shionage. Like, I feel like it's kind of in that same family of, like, it's more hand-focused, hand-arm-focused than body-focused. But it ends up in such a way that the person is thrown, or at least that's the way that we do it. <coughs> um, and it seems like an interesting mixture to me of the two of those things. Shionage is a throw that, uh, in an Aikido dojo, in my opinion, is, is a hard throw to get off in a, yeah. in a non-cooperative situation because yeah. everyone's very aware of it. Um, uh, if you're not with Aikido people, a little more common. Um, but it's the kind of throw that certainly has to come up when it comes up. You can't choose right. to set up Shionage. It just, when it arises, it arises. You have to be able to spot it, right? And it's off of a very specific thing yeah. that's happening. And it's great, and it's super useful, but it's just got its right moment. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing that I think is really um, awesome, is that, like, all of these things have the their right moments. And if you catch the thing in the right if you do the thing that is supposed to happen in the right moment, right, if you fit the energy correctly, the, it feels like nothing else. You know, it feels effortless it feels um you know to the other person it feels like magic um and it's just because it happened in the right time and if you don't it feels like dog shit 
Yep. <laughs> right, and that's why everyone goes, well, how come my, you know, CoQ Naga doesn't work? Well, it's because of all those issues, you know. I think Kaitanaga is like that, where, like, I, uh, it's funny, so, like, I always liked that technique, and then past couple of tests, I would study for it, and, like, study for it doing it Kihon, and, like, that would make it more confusing to me, because then I was thinking about it too much, and then I was like, oh, shit, where does my hand go, and how's, wh what is it doing, and, like, it would come up all the time for me in Jiuwaza, just totally effortlessly, right, cause you know? Because yeah. it just, like, it would just be perfect, and I wouldn't think about where, where's my hand going, it just was great. And that's because in Jiuwaza, it, it's coming up at the right time. And, Absolutely. And, and in my opinion, um, Rondori even more so. When you get a yeah. Kaiten Nage in, in Rondori, it's because that's exactly what's set up. Right. So, you know, if you're having problems with Kaiten Nage, my number one thing would be to say, uh, don't think it's because you shove someone's head down. Yeah. That's not very possible. You're not going to shove someone's head down. If you start to do that, they're immediately going to resist, and the kaiten nage won't happen. Now, other stuff can come up from that. Sumilto, Shokan, right, the other right. stuff can come up, but that's not going to happen. It's because they choose to put their head down because they are going low for whatever reason. So if you're having a hard time with kaiten nage and you want to see it come off, create more high situations where they want to go under, and you'll start seeing more kaiten nages naturally set up. Right. And as they lunge for your legs, you're just that's right, not, you just step. You not move. there anymore. And then I think that's a good segue also to talk about, you know, that these things, there's an interplay also. And you sort of see that, like, in uh, some of the way people show a Riminage, where the Riminage goes to the ground and then comes back up and this whole big flowy thing. Um, but realizing that, yeah, if someone comes high, then they come low. They go low, they come high. One thing sets up another thing. That, that setup is probably one of the you most know. bitched about setups in Aikido. And it's funny because <laughs> I always see people post that, and then they'll say, like, why would this ever happen? And it's like, that's the most realistic situation. Right, right. Now, look, it, the way you're seeing it is weird because it's an uke who's performing it that way. But here's the truth. I try and pull you back, and you lean forward, so I can't pull you back. So I push you forward to smash your face in the ground, and you stand back up again so I can't smash you down, and then you step in in that moment and throw. That's when the Rimi Nage is happening in that situation. Does it always go off like that? No, but I mean, that's a very realistic situation. Right. And understanding that forward-backward play of a Rimi Nage is really important, whereas some schools show it just the pull back. I pull back and it's always successful. Well, what happens when you try to pull someone back and they lean forward? Do you, you understand right. that you, you should shove their face them. into right, the ground? Right, right, That's right. what you should do. And that technique, when done that way, is showing that. Most people don't understand it anymore because they're seeing it and they're like, oh, that uke is getting down low and standing back up. And that's exactly what he would do in that situation. Right, right. But it's a contrived situation you're watching in a demonstration, and that's why it looks weird. I think that's what's difficult. I mean, we've talked about this a million times, but the, that's the difficult part of Aikido is, like, trying to – teach people these like techniques especially when it's techniques which is most dojos like teach these people people techniques in like a simple way which is kihon which is straightforward you know no other superfluous movement just we're just doing the technique but it makes it hard to manufacture the the interplay between the uke and the nage and what's going on when you know uh, the uke doesn't maybe quite know what's going on, and the nage is trying to learn, and they're like, why would I shove you down and then pull you back up? Like, right. it just can be a real shit show. <laughs> right. And I mean, the real problem with most Aikido, and this is kind of, you know, all the problem everyone's having with Aikido right now, 
Most Aikido practitioners want to study Aikido as an academic pursuit, meaning they want to understand how all of that stuff works. And they don't want to do a bunch of hard sparring, and they don't want to do a bunch of training that's potentially dangerous because um, they could get hurt. And so right. they're not doing it for that reason. And that's that's perfectly oh, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's where that confusion is coming from is because they're not seeing it in live situations. Um, and I'm not bitching about that. If that's the way you want to say Aikido, that's cool. But 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 don't think there aren't answers for it because there are answers for all right, the techniques. Right, right, Yeah. And there's answers for it. And this is the great thing about it, I think. It's like the system is, is a giant loop. It's a giant circle. So, yes. you know, one thing fails. Um, in order to uh, block that, they are giving you another opening. That's exactly right. Move that opening. Move, and then it, and it just continues in a big circle, you know. So if you're on it, if you're the on the dynamic ball as, the, as the, the person practicing Aikido, everything someone does is accounted for in Aikido within the context of they don't have you yet, but they're trying to get you. And so there is an answer for every single thing that comes up. Now, outside of that paradigm is they have you locked down. Aikido doesn't train for that, right? That's jujitsu. Study jujitsu. That's cool. Um, or they want to leave. If they want to leave, then that's great. You we just win, let them right. leave. So yeah, Aikido yeah, has yeah. no throws for when someone wants to not attack you. So if someone wants to not attack you, then you increase the distance between you and them, and everything's cool. Um, but within its its paradigm, which is they don't have me yet, and they're working to get me, Aikido has answers for every single thing that will come up. And that's what Josh means by it's a loop, is because whatever they do to block you, the next answer is right there after that. Yeah. And I think there's not enough conversation about that in those Kihon training situations, which ends up happening a lot when you have a bunch of new people, which hopefully as growing dojos, we'd like to see constantly new people. And so kind of letting them know when they're being shitheads or that, or when they're just not knowing <laughs> what's going on right. with the, the ukemi that they're supposed to be providing, like, you know, letting them know, hey, you know, if, if you're going to provide this kind of ukemi, then we would do a different technique. And this is the technique that we would do. You know, if you want to lean back instead of lean forward, then we'll um, just pull you back right, instead. Right. Or you know, a, yeah. Or you know, if I'm trying to, yeah, if I'm trying to ikyo you forward, I'm and you're leaning back, I'm not going to continue to try to ikyo, you know, I'll pull you back instead. So, letting people know that that's part of that instead of just going, don't worry about it. Right. You don't need to know that yet. I mean, people want to know. So we're uh, we're at 46 minutes here. Whoa, that was longer than I. Yeah, it went, went fast because right. we had chocolate cake and coffee. All right, well, so that's it. We're done. Um, <laughs> if you had questions about any of that, or if you have a specific throw that you don't understand or whatever, um, feel free to send us a message. Maybe and we can maybe talk about it briefly on the next uh, episode and kind of maybe break some stuff down. Yeah. Uh, we have patrons that we appreciate and we love. Um, we're but not going to name them this time because yeah, we don't yeah. have – oh, okay, Hold go. on. We're going to do – I mean, just give it a second. Off the top of the – oh, no, you're not going to do it. Well, yeah. Just – so, first of all, though, thank first you to, all. to Marco, yes, Marco from Canada again for uh, sending us the P.F. Chang's gift card. We are enjoying it right now. Um, we really super appreciate it. Um, and give us our social media role here. Uh, so, Maya is stalling for time yeah. with all of our patrons. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have uh, Instagram, which we're putting a lot of great pictures on, so you should check out. We have an awesome photographer right now. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff going up. Uh, the Instagram is Aikido Fresno. Uh, you can check us out on the web at AikidoFresno.com. Um, you can check us out on Twitter. 
um, which is aikidoofresno.com. And we're on Facebook, aikidoofresno.com. Um, and you can send us a message on there. So most people who ask questions or whatever will send uh, through it through, uh, through that Facebook. I would also say uh, if people are interested in what we're doing, we will, not me specifically, but Chris, and we'll, we'll all be there. But uh, we'll be <laughs> teaching uh, some classes at CombatCon this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's kind of a nice way if, you know, you are interested in, in getting more information about the types of things we're doing or seeing what a class with us might be like. Um, it's a cool place that you can come yeah, and do and that. Be in and in Vegas. There's um, lots of fun stuff doing Vegas besides It's kind of, you know, low low pressure there. So just throwing that out there. Do we know the dates on that? I always uh, forget. August, August 1st, 1st through the 4th. There you uh, go. And then I'm teaching classes on Aikido, uh, sword and buckler of the I-33 system. Um, uh, knife fighting and why it doesn't exist. So if that intrigues you, come right. come do that. And uh, an armed grappling class. So uh, and there's lots of other awesome yeah, instructors. Yeah, yeah. Like some of the greatest instructors around right now are teaching at Combat Con. So, so. it's a good thing to go to. It's super super cool. I'm just it's saying, maybe someone wants to come meet us. That's all. If nothing else, come meet you us. Come to just California. We'll have a special seminar, an Aikido discussed seminar. Yeah. No, but actually, if you're interested in coming and studying with us yeah, or hey, even yeah. just dropping in on a class we'd be happy to we're in california we're you. very close to yosemite there's lots of good reasons to come yeah, yeah. right exactly all right scenic well, fresno right now the air is real terrible and pretty yeah, much the whole, the whole state is on <laughs> fire so maybe give it a couple a couple couple weeks at least plan your trip all right go um so thank you so much to our patrons uh they are rob kitson rob. john smith john. lenny akuna lenny Urbano, Urbano, Jim Sullivan, Jim, Matt Riley, Matt, Warwick Dean, and Warwick. Grant Templin. Great. And special thanks to Marco, who bought us this yeah. awesome dinner tonight. Thank you very much, sir. Yes, right. thank you so much, guys. Uh, you make it possible. So, so the last thing is... What's the last what? thing? What's the last thing? Next week is the one year, right? Oh, yeah. Next week is our 52nd episode. episode. 52nd uh, episode, one year of doing this every week, which is insane. Yeah, we've done this every single week. We haven't missed a week for a year. So um, we'll have something special. We'll have a cake. Are we going to have a yeah, cake? Yeah, we're going to have, we'll have a cake. I love cake. We're making cake. We're, we're making, cake. there you go. We're, we're making, making cake. cake. Maybe so. brownies. I don't know. Um, there you go. Who's All making right. brownies? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Cake, brownies, I don't know. I was promised a Salisbury steak earlier, but <laughs> that's All another right. story. <laughs> there it is. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. <laughs>